This podcast is sponsored by PICC, Florida's leading public adjusters for 22 years of handling residential commercial claims in Florida. Dealing with an insurance company when having a property loss can be discouraging. Let PICC encourage you and maximize your compensation. Please call us at 305-956-3666. Okay, good morning. Today's class is in the Lunishmat Salim Mimo Ben Alice. Yochmil Diana Mkentalia, Esther Bat. Tita Barina, Esther Tita Barina, Antion Benema, Rufushalema, Harav Shalom Ben Yavne, and Harav Daniel Ben Sara, and Hannah Betadel, success of Yakutiel, Yehuda Moshe Mordechai Ben Gitel Rivka. To find a Zibug and success, and success in your Shavai, Vishav Manavaka, the Open Lishava Shafan Lishava, Rina Makov Tobasha, and Ben Lishava. God willing, this Thursday at National Hotel, uh, we're doing an event for Nelly. Um, and it's, I think they close it to 150 people because we want to have more of an intimate affair, God willing. And that is going to be at the National Hotel. Contact Nelly's list for tickets. And that's going to be 25 to 45. Also, please share and rate the podcast. We, we have a pretty good, really, really good ideas today. Um, again, I address my class sometimes just based on the questions I get. Because I feel like, you know, if one person is asking this, I feel like many people are on the same level. And one of the things is definitely is taking action. This is an area that I feel that people are, are really, really struggling on. Taking action. And in order to have to, have to take action, and the reason why we, we, we take an action is obviously feel, fear of failure. And I want to give you guys a different perspective today on how most of my life, it's really, really been the first thing that I've ever done in my life. It's pretty much, a, it's always been a failure. And the second time things worked out, with, whether it's marriage, whether it's across the board. I, I, it's, it's almost like anytime I get into a deal, the deal falls through, and then, it, and then it comes back together again somehow. Or that first deal never goes through. Um, even doing the book thing, the first one, it looks like it's not gonna go through. I'm going to go, end up going with another publisher. It just it seems, it seems to be, this is like, it seems to be the common thing in my life. And I want to take a book from Ryan Babinow and John Krumblitz, which is called Fail Fast, Fail Often. We're going to just talk about that concept. And we're going to talk about this book, another book called The Garden of Knowledge by Rabbi Rush. You know, there's nothing more that I love is to combine these two concepts. And in, in basically in this book, The Garden of Knowledge, what he does is he takes all the lessons that we learn in Parshas HaBereshit. There's so many lessons to learn in Parshas HaBereshit. So much lessons in psychology. And obviously the first one that he talks about is obviously the concept of that emuna has, faith has to become, has to come first before intellect. And this is where God purposely created the world with darkness first and then light. And darkness itself could, could be that failure itself that we go through. So today, will you, will you see a lot of people stuck in the past, or you see a lot of people that the, the, the past colors the future, and they're not willing to f- pull forward because of the past. This is a very common thing. This class will definitely help you. And this is where Isaiah the prophet is even telling them, your wisdom and your knowledge are the source of your troubles. So our, our intellect, our intellect sometimes is a source of our trouble. Our job is to build our intellect, but at the same time, not let it numb the heart. No, you have to know when to press go and know when to press, when to press uh, pause. 
And, you, you know, I was just listening to a podcast yesterday, and they had all, all kinds of titles of rabbis and teachers, and they all had such a struggle with prayer. So it doesn't mean because you're very intelligent that you can pray. That doesn't mean that. You need a relationship and you need a heart to do that. And this is where we have to really, really recognize the importance of having a heart and opening up the heart, etc. So this is where the concept of darkness before light. Another example of this, where you see this very, very key. The Zohar tells us that Cain was born after Eve was injected with the snake's spiritual venom, which is the, actually was the arrogance that made Adam and Eve feel like God, like they were God. Understanding when a person considers himself like God, he doesn't express gratitude for anything he does. He walks around with his nose, and if he fails, he walks around with his head down, right? So what was the problem with Cain? Cain brought a very, very small offering where, where Hevel brought everything. He brought an unbelievable offering and Cain's offering was not accepted and Cain got depressed, etc. And he killed his brother uh, Abel. Cain, Cain represents acquisition. Hevel represents nothingness. Basically, the concept of a Cain, concept of Cain itself, is I am acquiring everything with my own hands. What do I need to thank you for? It's my work. What do I need to thank you for? Hevel means I'm nothing without you. So when you recognize you're nothing without you, anything you receive, you're much more grateful, and you're not so upset if things don't work out. The concept of kind means it's in my hands, things don't work out, then the system, the system's broken. <laughs> so this is where the, where did this, where did it come from? It came from the concept of the, the arrogance of the venom of the snake. Because the snake was all about what? The snake is all about ingratitude, right? We, we know the concept of the snake. The snake is all about ingratitude, arrogance. And this is where we have to recognize that Cain wanted nothing to do with Hashem. Therefore, all he wanted to do is give him the basic offering that he had to give him. So if you look at this now, the situation here is when he got, when he got, when, when Abel got depressed, Right? What did, but Cain and his, his but to Cain and his offering, he did not turn around. He annoyed Cain excessively, and his countenance fell. So basically, what he's saying is here, he got depressed and he got sad because it, things did not work out for him. And this is where you see that sadness damages the mind, because all he had to do, and this is where Hashem says, all you have to do is why why is your countenance fallen? Just fix it. So this is a message to us. Why are you getting depressed? Why are you getting sad? Just fix it. Ultimately, you'll see that the failure itself will become the biggest blessing, etc. So this is where we need to start really, really taking action. This is where I want to take this analogy. And again, there's, there's too many... There's way, one thing about you know a new year, Rosh Hashanah, allows you to make a new start. But you definitely have to have a better relationship with failure. You have to look at failure as part of the process and you have to look at failure and Kabbalah speaks about it as a shattering of the vessels. It's built into creation. God purposely created the Sefirot with too much light on purpose so they would break so we would come into this world to fix it. Like imagine you were, it's like a big jigsaw puzzle then all of a sudden God put the pieces everywhere and our job is to go put it back together and, 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 and ask assistance from our creator. So anytime you're really looking at failure and you make taking it personal, and you're losing your self-esteem, or you're falling into addictions, or, or you're blaming others and all that, it's really the, the you're, you're basically mimicking Kain's issue. 
Because you're, 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 you're taking the godliness out of it. You're relying only on your hands. This is where this is issue. And so with this book, he talks about, I believe these two were, uh, they, they taught a class at Stanford University called Fail Fast, Fail Often, which is absolutely, I think, the, uh, an unbelievable title. And it says the whole point of the book is to, for people to take action in their lives. And he says, people who are happy and successful spend less time planning and more time acting. They get out into the world, try new things, make mistakes, and in doing so, they benefit from unexpected experiences and opportunities. That is the point of life. You get married, God's going to surprise you anyway. Like Rabbi Ru says, it's not whether or not you marry a great person, it's whether you act great in the marriage that that marriage is going to work out. You could marry a person that's not so great. But if you act great, the marriage can be great. So it's not what I get, it's what I do with what I get. Remember that concept. So all of us that are spending way too much time on the sidelines, it's okay, Shmuel. You always, you always make a grand entrance. <laughs> Literally. It's okay, all good. We're having fun anyway. So we have, to, we have to make what we need to get make great. Like the grass is greener wherever you water it. This is a concept in life where the grass is greener wherever you water it. And this is, we have to constantly remind ourselves because we do have an ego and we do have a Yetzirah. And that tells us the complete opposite. You're not good enough. You're going to fail again. What are people going to say about you? Don't do it. Be safe. So you, you have literally the two opposing forces one, the soul telling you, shine, shine your soul to the world no matter what it takes. The other ego says, protect yourself against any, any kind of harm. So you have these two, two, two decisions constantly playing in your head at all times. And I'm going through this, you know, to do, doing in the process of finding the right person, etc. You know, and I just have to embrace and make it fun. And I recognize, let me just make it fun. Why, why am I so stressed out? Let me make it fun. And it's funny, when I thought about that, because I've always, the mantra has always been, a person who's happy succeeds in everything. So why am I upset or, or confused and nervous about what to author? Let me just walk around and have fun, and whatever happens, I'll be successful. No matter if it takes one, two, four, five times, who cares what it is? And that's really the key. That's really the key, is to change the attitude before. Change the attitude before you go into something. Not make your attitude condition on something that happens. And that made a big, big shift in what I was doing. And what he said, actually what he says in this book is beautiful. He says, imagine if somebody monitored your energy level and as long as, imagine you had to be in a state of seven happiness and you would get at the end of the day $100 million. Imagine at the end of the day. You, all you had to do is like that movie Brewster's Million where the guy had to spend the money at the end of the day and he got more money. And he couldn't tell anybody. But imagine somebody watched you and was monitoring you and they could order you at any minute. And if you fall, fall behind the seven, you lose the money. Think about, think about how present you will be that day. You will, you will be so present that day. Because remember, happiness is being present. You will be so present that day. You're not even going to, you're going to be so careful what you think about, so careful who you speak. Everything is going to completely shift. That's ultimately how we will have to walk around. We have to be careful that we don't fall after seven. Because once we fall behind seven, 
it's actually the wor- It's actually a transformation of the opposite. You're all you're thinking of is the worst case scenarios. It's unbelievable. Plus seven, you're thinking of the best case scenarios, and you have courage and you have strength. Minus seven, let's say when you get to five, then after five, everything goes sour. Now you're thinking, who's doing it to you? What's happening? And the worst case scenario. So just as, this is a beautiful concept. Imagine you just have fun. He's saying have fun. Again, who, 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 who have we heard this from? Rabbi Nachman, obviously. Find, and then he takes a quote from Joseph Campbell that says, find the place where there's joy and joy will burn out the pain. It's beautiful. Find a place. That means the attitude is very, very important. So he says here, successful people take action as quickly as possible. And he gives a great, great story here. He says, instead of avoiding to try to make mistakes or, or seek opportunities, what they're trying, successful people try to learn as quickly as possible. And they look at this as, a, as, as feeling unprepared or being afraid as a sign that there's, there's, so, much new, there's so much newness to learn. There's, there's so, it's a fresh opportunity. They're excited about the opportunity of failure. And, and he gives a great line here. He says, you ha- if you want to be good, you have to be willing to be bad. If you want to be good, you have to be willing to be bad. And he says, what, what, do, what, what does Chris Rock, Howard Schultz, and Ed, Ed Camel have in common? They are willing to take time and time, take the bearings of being bad in order to be good. And he gives here an example how, you know, before um, Chris Rock comes up with his, you know, with his, you know, HBO special, he has to go into small, uh, you know, comedy clubs and really, really be, tell horrible jokes and see which one sticks. And that's part of the process. And not everybody's going to laugh at his jokes. And, he, and that's part of the process. Gives another example how Howard Schultz's original version of Starbucks was an Italian inspiration featuring Bartistas wearing bow ties, menus in, in Italian, and opera music that played nonstop. If you look at Starbucks now, it looks nothing like that, obviously. And there was no chairs back then. So you could see how much improvision and, he, and, he, and this other guy here, um, um, the guy from Pixar, Ed Camelot, he's saying here that before he had to come out with the movie Wally, he had 98,000 storyboards before he came out with it. So just, just the, the concept of how much, do, how much endurance do you have and how much are you having fun in the process? Like you should have fun dating. Dating should be fun. It doesn't look like people are having fun if you look at their faces. Looks like they're going to cemetery. It doesn't look fun. It doesn't look fun on either side. You don't see happy. <laughs> I'm excited to date. You don't see that fun. You don't see that that childish. You know the joy that people have. It looks like <laughs> looks like a horror film sometimes. <laughs> when you walk in, sometimes I feel the energy is like, what guys have fun, have fun. It's there's too much sadness around it. It's too much sadness. So much fear. So much desperate. You can't. How are you going to succeed? If you don't have joy, how do you usually succeed if you're not happy doing something? How do you know what's good for you if you're not happy? You can't, because you're always focusing on what are you getting out of this? Unhappy people are going into things saying, what am I getting out of this? What's going to make me happy? No, you have to do the opposite. You have to walk around with happiness and see where can I give? What an opportunity to give. It's such a different thing. And, we, and I feel like we're missing that happiness. I feel like we're missing that joy when, when, when people are dating and, and even new days. Oh, another day. Oh, another day. I mean, 
what do you expect? What do you expect? Another interview. Uh, you have to change that attitude. And if you have bad, learn. It's part of the process. Rabbi Nachman says in, in his book, Sadiq, said it, the concept of Zivugim is very complicated. Sometimes you, ha- you might have to go past, because you're past lifetimes, there's past, you know, past soulmates, that you even just talking to them, or somebody says, oh, you should go out with them, that that has to be rectification. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that me and you have absolutely no clue about. So in, just be happy with the process. And when you're so happy with the process, I promise you, you will succeed. I've, I've yet, I've yet been doing this five years, and I've yet to hear a story I found my soulmate by being sad. I've, I've yet to hear that story, and I don't believe I will hear it. It's when people have changed their attitudes, they started praying, they started listening, they started having a muna, and nah, here you go, next. It's always the same, always the same story. Why? Because that's the winning recipe. So imagine you are in this concept of you're going to get $100 million today and you have to stay above a seven. Or imagine if tomorrow, if you stay above a seven today, you're going to meet your soulmate. Because happy people end up meeting different people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest. Since, you know, I've been doing this podcast and I've raised my, 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 my game. I, I, I meet amazing people that I probably would have never met them in a million years if I didn't do this. To be honest with you, I would have never met them in a million years if I did not do this. So you could see, when you raise your standards, the people you meet are completely different. And if you're having a problem where you're not meeting the right people, then you have to raise your standards and you have to do the same thing. But you're, and what's gonna cause, the number one thing that's gonna cause the sadness itself is just, just being stuck on that failure in the past, which you have no business staying there, because that means you're saying that it was my fault and my thing and my No, God wants you to go through that. Because remember, the ultimate, the ultimate pain in this world that you will recognize is when you get something for free. So your creator is preventing you from the bread of shame. Because when, when we get something for free without any work, then we don't, know, we, we don't know what to do with it. We don't know what to do with it. It's shame. We got it for free. Ultimately, you'll, you'll, you won't even keep it. You'll sabotage it because you got it for free. So this is why your, our Creator puts us through such things. And this is where it can be very difficult to start new, new projects, re, re, you know, changing, reorganizing, establishing a healthy, but which you, again, don't get overwhelmed. Think big, but act small. That is the most important thing is get those small wins. You know, I did this with my PICC again. I did this with the book. Just acting small, super thinking big, very positive, but super small steps, because you have to check the, you have to really get that momentum and get that flow back. And this is really, really the key. Another great concept is again, failure is what you make out of it. Failure is really what you make out of it. It's, it's not. It's a. It's the meaning is given based on, on on how you know how you handled it, and you know. It's something that's very, very important because if we're giving the wrong meaning, we're, giving, we're getting the wrong feeling. Mark Twain says, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you did. So recognize that. And it's natural to feel unmotivated, uncertain, and fearful, but when the negative feelings stop you, that's the problem. This is where we get the concept from Rav Nachman, that he, you know, a tzaddik falls seven times. You know, if, if a righteous person falls seven times, then Rav Nachman was constantly talking, you know, he was always saying, oh, the power of now what? Okay, this happened, now what? That's Rav Nachman 101. 
The power of now what? And this is where we have to really, really recognize. And what he's saying here, when a person's fear, fear, having challenges or fear, having facing any challenges, and you can't get rid of the negativity, the best way is to gain confidence and improve your mood by taking action. Because action itself improves the mood. You know, when you start taking action, you know, my wife really, really has done a phenomenal job with my uh, recovery centers. And what she did is originally, she says, listen, if you don't get a job, and if you don't have a sponsor, you cannot stay in the program. After the detox and reds, etc., when it gets to IOP, we recognize that there was a pattern of too many of the patients are institutionalized. They just want to institutional. They don't want to work. They just want to go through. The, they want to relapse again and come back. And we said, no, we can't do this. We cannot do this. And if you set, if you set this standard, then you're, everybody's going to have such a low standard. And this is what America has done just set very low standards for people. So my, my wife, really, she went in there and she, um, she cleaned things up. And she basically told the patients, listen, you have to get a sponsor or look for a job. Or if you don't want to go, you're going to volunteer. But you're not going to. Because bottom line is, if people are not making, if not getting a job, they're not recovering. Because if you don't feel good about yourself, you're not going to end up recovering. You're going to end up just going sabotage again. And this is where, at the end, people have that fear. Oh my God, what's you know? Okay, they'll go through the program, you know, they'll go, they'll 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 get the therapy, et cetera, et cetera. But now, now it's time for them to work. Remember, we spoke about the other day. We diagnosed the issue. Now you have to go and now face what you've been running away from. So she made a system very, very tough. And in the beginning, the resistance she had, the patients were going crazy. No, I'm not getting a job. I can't. Okay, we have to transfer you to another program. And next thing you know now, she almost has 100% of the people in the program um, that have a job, that have a sponsor, and, and, and people are such, they're so happy that we were able to bring them structure in the program. And that makes them happy. So you could see people want structure. I think people really, really want structure in their life. And, and, and you have to create that standard where that's it. You don't have a job. You can't be in the program because you can't recover and not have a job. It's just it's not it's not going to match. And this is where we, we you learn from mistakes. So try to have some more fun. Go into things with more fun. Take take failure completely different. You know, it's part of the process. Never should if any form remember, because just like we spoke about kind, what was kind known for arrogance? Kind had a concept of arrogance, believe it or not. If we take failure personal, it's a form of arrogance. You, it might not look like a form of arrogance, but it is a form of arrogance because you're thinking, oh, I should have had it in the first shot. Why, this, why did, imagine, you know, the guy from Howard Schultz, I tried Starbucks. It didn't work. It's the government's fault. That's an arrogance. It's arrogance. So failure, actually quitting is a form of arrogance. Because you, you're not embracing the process. We're, we're, we're continuing to go on and fighting the fatigue and, and constantly getting up and cutting up. It's a form of, that is a form of humility, which will lead you to happiness at the end of the day. But anytime we do quit, it is a form of arrogance. It might not look like that, but it is the greatest arrogance. Arrogance is not just being, you know, yelling and screaming. It's actually quitting. It's quitting because you're saying deep down, I got gypped. I got the wrong end of the stick. Why should I go re- get remarried again? Why should I get, I got divorced. Why should I go re- remarried again? Look what happened to me. We become victims. And that's really what we're drawing is really self-pity. 
And that also, what do you need to be a taker for? Deep down in your soul, it's going to recognize it's only the ego doing all the damage. So start having a different relationship with failure. Think big, act small, but completely, let's get rid of all this low self-esteem because you can't possibly have healthy self-esteem when you quit. It's going to, do, it's going to cripple your self-esteem because remember, self-esteem is an opinion. And as, you, as that self-esteem dwindles, the ego goes up and the perspective goes smaller. And then, you know, the rest is history. The rest is history. And then this is where a lot of people can lead um, to drugs. And we have to understand something. What, what, are, what, are we, what are people getting high? They're just trying to do... People are obsessed right now with getting high. Why? Because they want a higher consciousness. They, want, they don't want to... They, they want a higher consciousness. What drugs do is they get rid of the ego. So you feel great. <laughs> but obviously, it doesn't last too long. And you didn't pay for it. So you're going to pay a price for that too. So we have to start recognizing uh, the, 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 the lesson from this and let's fail, fail fast, fail often. And most importantly, which one of the biggest shifts for me was try to have fun doing it. Like say I'm going to go date, but I'm going to have fun. And if it doesn't work out, I'll have a nice conversation. I met somebody else new. That you should attitude. But when I see the energy level of fear, and I see the energy level of sadness. Oh, another date? Like, what do you expect to happen? What in the world do you expect to happen? Your attitude has to shift. Your attitude has to shift. I can't tell you that enough. It can't be something where all you day you talk about yourself, except no, go in there with fun. When you're fun, your mind opens up. You have different, it's a different conversation. But when there's no fun, there's no communication because the mind doesn't open. The mind open, only opens up when there's joy. Have a great day. Thank you.